You know, I just opened my Bible, and there's this morning's announcement sheet <laughs> staring at me. So, I know I picked it up. I thought I know, you know, the older I get, sometimes I think I'm going crazy. But uh, not quite yet. Is it on? No. I hit the button. What's that? Oh, hold it. Ah, how about now? I'm not a creature of modern technology, believe me. I tell my grandchildren I'm not smart enough to have a smartphone, but I have one, which goes to show you uh, how I can be a little incompetent. A couple verses to start with, and then we're going to make a couple comments, and then we'll pray. Second Timothy, we'll go to 1 Timothy 2.8. 1 Timothy 2.8. Best thing they ever did was install a fan behind this pulpit. I can I know I know why Pastor doesn't wander from the pulpit much. Because uh, for <laughs> First Timothy two verse eight, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy 1 7, for again, this is a verse we should all know, but for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, the definition, we're going to talk about a little bit this morning about doubting, doubting, fear, and what to do about it. Um, the, def- the dictionary says to doubt is to question, to hesitate, to believe, to fear, to suspect, to distrust to withhold confidence from, to fill with fear. You know, we live in a world that's filled with doubt. We live in a world that's filled with fear. Um, We live in a world where people are unsure of things. You know, an unsure world. And you know, this last last year, everybody was afraid uh, for one reason or another. But people are afraid about the economy. People are afraid about when they look at politics. Um, you realize that, and this is a big surprise, that uh, 25% of Americans, less than 25% of Americans have confidence in government. Now that's a big surprise, isn't it? Uh, but uh, also, you realize that there's so much people, there's so many people without hope and without confidence in the world today. There's 132 suicides every day in America. That's sad. 132 um, people that didn't have hope, that didn't have confidence, that were afraid, that were afraid. But the problem sometimes with us is, as Christians, we struggle with fear. We struggle with doubt. Uh, Doubt creeps into all our lives from one time or another. And uh, we need to learn how to deal with it. We need to learn uh, where to go when we have doubts. When we have doubts. I was saved when I was six years old. I'm now 67. I'd be lying to you if I told you that I've never had any doubts about anything. Uh, but I know many times I know the reasons those doubts came was because 
I got away from doing what I knew was right. I got out of my Bible. I got out of doing things that I knew were, I should have been doing. And uh, we're going to look at some Bible instances of that. But before we do that, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. God, thank you for loving us. God, thank you that we have a Bible that's true. Thank you that we can hang our certainty and our assurance and our confidence on a perfect Bible written by uh, a perfect God that inspired it and, and uh, told men what to write. God, we're thankful for that. We're thankful that we don't have to have confidence in the whims of society or the whims of men or other people, God, that want to influence us, but God, we can have confidence in you. Meet with us this morning. God, help us to regain some confidence that we may have lost. Thank, help us to regain some things that, have, that we've let slip. And I pray, God, you'd be with the junior church this morning, that you'd watch over the kids over there, God. There's some of them that are young, God, and are just beginning to understand what salvation is. I pray, God, that you do a work in their heart. God, plant a seed in there so that we can see a harvest. And be with some of the older ones, God, that may have made a profession but aren't sure, and help them, God, to get that settled. And God, I just pray that you'd uh, be with the teachers and, and the preaching over there, God, that you'd help that to uh, do the work that only you can do. Be with us this morning, God. I pray that you'd help this message to come forth, God. Be with my stumbling lips, God. Help, help uh, your word to accomplish in our hearts, God, uh, the things you want to accomplish. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, I came up with this message during my daily Bible reading. It's, it's, I've, got a, I've got a notebook at home. I'm always writing stuff down and writing the dates. And I, it's time for another notebook, you know, writing notes down, things I see. And, um, but, you know, in the Bible, there's lots of instances in the Bible where people lacked confidence in God. You know, Abraham went to Egypt looking for provisions when God told him to stay in Canaan. Then he ended up lying about his wife and said it was his sister. He ended up doing it twice. He ended up doing it twice. Sarah doubted God when God said she laughed, when God said she was going to have a child at age 90. But you know what I find encouraging is she must have got her heart right, but because God calls her one of the people of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Moses said, God, they won't believe me when you want me to go to Egypt. He said, I can't speak. I can't speak. He doubted God. So God gave him Aaron. Then, then he ended up putting a cork in Aaron's mouth, and, Aaron, and Moses did all the talking, if you read your Bible. Aaron hardly said anything. The children of Israel doubted God. We can't count the amount of times they doubted God. They said, God, you brought us out into the wilderness to make us starve. Uh, there's no water for us to drink. We wish we were back in Egypt eating leeks and garlic. And they doubted God. And when it was time to go into the promised land, they doubted the testimony of the spies, the two good spies, um, Joshua and Caleb. And they doubted him. Elijah doubted God. He said, Jezebel's going to kill me. Jezebel's going to kill me. After, after he defeated all the prophets of Baal. After he defeated all the prophets of Baal, he said, I'm fearful for my wife. For my wife. I'm fearful for my wife. And uh, this is the guy that saw God send fire down from heaven. But he was afraid, and he said, God, I want you to kill me. Well, you know what? God doesn't always answer our prayers. And God didn't answer Elijah's prayer. Elijah never died. He went up in a chariot of fire. That's not a bad deal. That's, <laughs> that's not a bad compromise. Um, 
Not a bad trade. But today we're going to look at some things in the New Testament about that. Go to Matthew chapter 14. This is a familiar story. But this is where we're going to spend most of our time this morning. Matthew chapter 14. Starting with verse... Matthew 14, starting with verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him under the other side where, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Wherefore didst thou doubt? If I was going to put a title on this message, it would be, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Wherefore didst thou doubt? There's some things I want us to see here, though. Um, in verse 23, in verse 23, it says, When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain to pray. He went up into a mountain to pray. And I think he was praying for his disciples, because if you go back to Mark chapter 6, or go forward to Mark chapter 6 in verse 48, it says, He saw them. He saw them, Mark chapter 6, verse 48. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh to them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. So he was praying for them. He saw them toiling and rowing. Um, the Sea of Galilee is seven miles wide, seven miles wide. And so it, said they, it says in John that they rode 25 to 30 furlongs, which is about three miles, three miles. And it said the wind was contrary, so instead of having the sails up, they were rowing. Well, I don't know about you, but I think after three miles, I would be kind of tired of rowing. But uh, uh, they were uh, in the midst of the sea. The wind was contrary, so Jesus prayed for them. He would pray for them. And, you know, he's in heaven praying for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says he's making intercession for us. He's making intercession for us. Uh, John chapter 17. Uh, go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and verse 20. This is uh, where Jesus is praying, and is, is, he's praying for verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. He's talking to his disciples. But verse 20 says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which believe on me through their word. Through their word. So Jesus is praying for us. In, in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, 
Go there for a second with me. Hebrews chapter 4. And verse 14 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we have a storm, Jesus is praying for us. And he knows what it's like to be in a storm. He knows what it's like to be in a storm. He sympathizes with our plight. And he prays. He intercedes for us with the Father. He intercedes for us with the Father. There's something else to note in the passage back in, um, back in uh, Matthew. Um, it was right after they witnessed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. They were getting discouraged right after they saw the miracle of, of feeding the 5,000. You know, sometimes our greatest discouragement, sometimes my greatest discouragement comes after my greatest victories, after, after I, I'm as close. Sometimes, you ever get sometimes when you say to yourself, wow, I'm so close to God, this is so good. I'm close to God, I hope it stays this way. And then sometimes you just take an immediate nosedive and, uh, and you go into the valley of discouragement, the valley of doubt. Uh, that has happened to me before, and um, it's kind of like, kind of like um, um, Peter when he was up on the mountain of Transfiguration, and he said, "Let's build two. Let's build three booths. This is so good. We want to stay up here, and uh, but we can't always stay up on the mountain, can we? But Jesus is with us even in the valley, and them they after the the feeding of the five thousand." Forgot God, forgot what God could do. You know, we say sometimes, God, you don't love me. We'll have a great time in church. We'll have something happen. Then we get a flat tire uh, on the way to work. And we say, God, why is this happening to me? You know, I just uh, replaced my hot water heater at home. I just replaced my water pump. I just replaced that. And now this is happening and you don't love me. Well, wait a minute. He loved you just as much with the blown hot water heater as he did on Sunday when you had a good time in church. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that. Um, um, something else. It was, it was the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night is between 3 and 6 a.m. Between 3 and 6 a.m. You know the old saying, nothing good happens after midnight, right? <laughs> but it was between 3 and 6 a.m. They were, for one thing, they were rowing across the sea, and they were tired. But it was three, at least three o'clock in the morning. Don't get discouraged and toss things away when you're tired, when you're tired. The old saying is, don't make a big decision when you're tired. But don't give up on God when you're tired. Don't, get, don't let the devil throw doubts in your head when you're tired. Because that's when you're most vulnerable. That's when you're most vulnerable. Uh, if you wake up in the middle of the night, don't get thinking stupid thoughts. Pray. Pray. That's what I do. When I can't sleep, I pray. And sometimes it works. But sometimes I pray all night. <laughs> so, and then when it's daylight, I go for a walk. And then I pray some more. But uh, don't, don't let your tiredness defeat you. Don't let your tiredness defeat you. And uh, that happens. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. And another reason, look at verse 26. Back in our text in Matthew 14. 
And in the, uh, verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They were troubled. And uh, I lost my place here. Uh, okay, saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Another reason uh, the disciples didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize him. You know why they didn't recognize him? They weren't looking for him. They weren't looking for him. Uh, how many miracles had Jesus done before this time? In John chapter 2, he turned the water into wine. In John chapter 4, he healed a nobleman's son. In Mark chapter 1, he cast out a devil. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. In Matthew chapter 8, he also healed the multitudes. Luke chapter 5, he blessed them with a huge cast of fish. Matthew 8, he healed leprosy. Matthew 8, he healed the centurion's servant. Matthew 9, he healed the paralyzed man. Matthew 12, he healed the man with a withered hand. Luke 7, he raised the widow's son from the dead. Um, Matthew 8, he cast the demons into pigs. Matthew 9, he healed the woman with an issue of blood. Matthew 9, he raised Jairus' daughter. Matthew 9, he healed two blind men. Right before this, he fed 5,000 people and their families. But you know, in Matthew 8, Matthew 8, he also calmed the storm on the sea. Matthew 8 is the time when he was sleeping in the ship. He was sleeping, the, state, the Bible says the wind was contrary, the waves were high, they were going into the ship, and Jesus said, peace be still. You know, you think they should have been looking for Jesus. Nathaniel should have said to John, Jesus has got to be around here somewhere. Uh, he's going to show up and help us. You know what happens to us sometimes? We forget what God has done for us. We forget that God is God. We forget who he is. First of all, we forget that he saved our wretched souls. You know, that's a miracle in itself. Uh, the older I get, the more I can't figure God out. The first thing I can't figure God out is why in the world would you reach down and save me? But, not, but the second one is, why in the world of all people in the world did I hear about it? You ever think about that? I used to think that when I was a little kid. How come I heard about it and the kid down the street hasn't heard about it? And I think about that all the time. We need to remember that. We need to think about that. And by the way, we need to think about that this summer when we're putting door hangers on and not doubt, and not doubt uh, that there's kids that, and people that haven't heard. But we forget what God has done for us. We forget what God has done for us. And, um, but there's something else. When we have a problem, look what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said, verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. You know, when Jesus is with us, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid. And uh, we, we forget that. I forget that. I forget that. Um, you know, the Bible says, uh, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You know, God has promised, he said, Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And we need to remember that when we, when we have trouble. And not doubt, not doubt.
We forget who God is. We forget what he's done. We forget what he's done. Um, we stop looking to Jesus. We stop looking to Jesus. And we totally forget. You know, we need to go back sometimes and remember and recount in our lives what God's done for us. Just what he's done for us. Just what he did for us when he saved us, like I said before. But all the other things. All the other things. You know, there's sometimes when I sit down, you know, my wife and I, since I'm retired, we pray together and read every morning. And there's times I sit there and I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just overwhelmed at how good God has been to me. You know, we had an old friend years ago. He's been in heaven for a long time. And he used to say, all this in heaven too. Well, think about that. Think about how good God has done for you. When you doubt and when you get discouraged, just think about all the blessings that he's given you. You were born in America, for one thing. You know, we get all upset about politics. By the way, I'm getting so I don't even read about it anymore, because otherwise I get mad. But think about that. Even with all our problems, God has been so good to us that we live in America where I could still stand up here and preach. Pastor could preach here every Sunday, and nobody's going to haul them off. Like China, you know, we should read to that. I pray for them all the time. People in China, they fear for their lives, and we're such spoiled American Christians. But we need to remember that and remember what God has done. Go back in, your, in Matthew to cha Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 1. And it came to pass... When Jesus made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard, excuse me one second. When John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended with me. Look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist is saying, is Jesus the one? Now here's a guy, think about it. Jesus, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. They, were, they probably grew up together. Because what, where did Mary go after she found out that she was going to have Jesus? She went and visited her cousin Elizabeth, and John the Baptist leaped in her womb. So they probably grew up together. He knew who Jesus was. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Go to verse 19, and this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. You go down to verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And uh, go down to verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me. 
For he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. It's interesting that John the Baptist was physically born first, but he said, Jesus was before me. Um, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw, and bear record, that this is the Son of God. Again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And they followed Jesus. You know, John the Baptist was in prison. John the Baptist got discouraged. And what happened when he got discouraged? He began to doubt. He began to doubt what he knew. He knew who Jesus was. Of anybody, he knew who Jesus was. He grew up with him. God told him who he was, if he had any doubt. If he had any doubt. Um, but that's what happens to us. When we get a little bit down and discouraged, we doubt a little bit. Sometimes we doubt God. We doubt God and say, God, you can't do anything. God can do a lot of things. God can do a lot of things. You know, he's never let us down. Uh, God, God can do anything. But we forget. We forget what God has done. Uh, go back to the, our passage in Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verse 28, Peter has faith to get out of the boat. And Peter answered and said unto the Lord, If it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked out of the water to come to Jesus. You know, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated. A good Bible study is all the times in the Bible where Jesus is giving an invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Revelation it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And whosoever will, come. Take of the water of life freely. Uh, God's invitation is to come to him. And if you're listening on the, the internet or, or here and you're not saved, God's invitation still stands. Just like he told Peter to come out of the boat, he's telling people to come to him. Come to him. But Peter walked on the water. You know, people could criticize him, but, you know, he did something the other disciples didn't do. He walked on the water. You know, he could tell his grandchildren, hey, I walked on the water. I might have walked for two feet, but I walked on the water. Uh, and, uh, but what happened? He took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to sink. And, you know, we, we, when we take our eyes off Jesus, that's when we sink. We sink. But you know what is amazing? Look at verse 30. But when the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. You know what I, you can say about Peter? It says, when he was beginning to sink. He didn't wait till he was underwater. He didn't wait till he'd already swallowed it ten times. It said he was beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. 
Believe me, if that was me, I'd have done it way before then because I can't swim and I'm afraid of water. So I, I'd have already swallowed a gallon by then. But he immediately cried, Lord, save me. He was beginning to sink. You know, sometimes we wait until we're underwater. Then we say, okay, God, you're, a, you're my last resort. Throw me the life preserver. But we should go to him in the beginning. Go to him in the beginning. Don't wait to sink to the bottom with your doubts before you cry out to Jesus for help. I've had times in my life where I've had seasons of doubt. Where did I go to him with them? I went to Jesus with my doubts. I went to Jesus with my doubts. You have any doubts that God could take care of you? You have any doubts that God is real sometimes? There might be people that doubt their salvation. Go to God. Remember what you did. Remember what he's done for you. And and uh, go to him with your doubts. And go to the Bible with your doubts. Go there and, and bury yourself there. Um, we need to do that. He didn't wait till he was drowning. He did it right away. And you know, people that aren't saved don't need to wait until it's too late. They need to do it now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And uh, we need to take care of it now. Take care of it now. And there's something else in verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Didst thou doubt? You know, Jesus is always ready to reach down and to bail us out. Uh, Jesus is always ready to forgive our sin. You know, I'm always thankful that when I go to him, he's always listening. He's always listening. If I go to him confessing my sin, saying, God, I've gotten away from you, he's listening. He's listening. If I've got a bad attitude and I go to him, he's listening. If I'm doubting, you know, God knows where you are. Be honest with him. Say, God, listen, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Tell him that. Uh, and he's ready to reach his hand down and pull you up and get you before you drown before you drown. And uh, uh, I appreciate that about God. He's always there. He's always there. Um, you know, we have reason not to doubt. Wherefore didst thou doubt? You know, uh, Peter had seen Jesus in action. He'd seen Jesus in action all those times. I mentioned the miracles. Uh, and, G and Peter was with Jesus every day for three and a half years. He saw what Jesus could do. He saw what Jesus could do. You know what? If you're saved, Jesus has been with you. You've seen him in action. You've seen him in action. You've seen him in, you've seen the Bible record. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope, might have hope. We, wherefore do we doubt? Because we, like I said, we have the Bible record and we have examples in our lives. You know, um, there's, a, there's a psalm, there's a verse in the psalms, one of my favorite verses. I am young, now I am old. Yet not have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. You know, that's so true. That's so true. I can remember times when we didn't have, I don't know if this is proper to say, we didn't have a pot to pee in, to be frank. But uh, if we could say that from up here, but whatever. It's too late now, right? It's gone. But when God took care of us, when just out of the blue, the money came. Out of the blue, God took care of us. Um, out of the blue, 
Um, I could think of, I could think of praying for our children when God blessed them and took care of them out of the blue when I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, all those different things. But we've got those to look back at. What, we don't need to doubt and doubt God. We should have confidence in God. You know, we need to examine ourselves every day. And when our confidence starts to slip, do something about it. I had a bout, oh, three or four years ago, I was getting cellulitis every summer in my leg. I was getting it like two or three times a year. Well, sometimes I would get careless about it. And, uh, you know, what it happens is it gets red and then it starts going up your leg. Well, one time I wasn't paying attention. I was getting stupid about it. And I went to the clinic and it had gone from my lower leg up to my upper thigh. And I walk into the clinic and the, and the nurse said to me, she was funny. She said, hey, you big dummy, what are you trying to do, kill yourself? Because <laughs> it will eventually go to your heart and then it lights out. But... Um, what happened was, I wasn't paying attention. I was letting it fester and letting it grow. And you know what? You can let your doubts and lack of un and your unbelief grow and grow. Don't feed it. Don't feed it. Defeat it with this. Defeat it with the Bible. Bury yourself in the Bible. You know, the older I get, the more precious this Bible is to me. I didn't read it enough when I was young. I'll be frank. I wish I'd have read it when I was young, the way I've been reading it the last few years. When you know, sometimes when you're young, when I was in my 20s, I've told my kids this, when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew everything, I didn't know anything. Uh, but and, and the older you get, the more you realize you don't know things. Well, don't let that fester, don't let that doubt fester. Run to the Bible, run to the Bible. And one way to defeat doubt is to have confidence in God. The Bible says in Romans, in Proverbs 3.26, it says, For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Titus chapter 1, verse 2, And to hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Have confidence in God and your salvation. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. God isn't done with us. And sometimes we think we, we just don't feel, you know, you don't feel like, I don't feel that, that super spiritual feeling. Well, you know what? We've been married for 46 years. I don't feel like running around the kitchen some days, you know, chasing my wife. You know, some days I do, but, but, but not every day. You know, sometimes the uh, thrill becomes a chill, you know, the old saying. But uh, we're not having problems, by the way. I'm just, uh, but the same way with our spiritual life. God isn't done with you yet. Don't get discouraged at the low points. Don't get discouraged at the low points. Give him a chance. Give him a chance to do a work in your heart. But remember, it's him. Psalm 138, 8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. The Lord will. It doesn't say you will. It says the Lord will. The Lord will. 
And uh, we need to put our faith and our confidence in the Lord that he's going to do it. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2 and verse 28. And now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him as he's coming. Abide in him. That's part of making sure you're staying right with God. Go to uh, chapter 3 and verse 20. Verse 19 says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. So it seems like it's, it's double talk there, but it's not. Sometimes you, you know, sometimes you feel like, well, I just don't feel like I'm saved today. You know, whatever. Well, God knows your heart. God knows where you're at. And uh, we need to have confidence in him. And go to chapter 5. Chapter 5 and verse 13. Familiar verse. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. We have confidence that God hears our prayers. We have confidence that we can know that we're saved. You know, when I, when I deal with somebody about salvation, that's one of the verses I read. I, I read verse 13, but I also read verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. If you ask him to save you, you come to him by faith, believing. He will. He will save them. Our confidence should be in God. Our confidence should be in God. Um, you know, if, you know, I may be speaking to people, like I said, on the internet that aren't saved. You know, if you're not saved, you, should, you can't have any confidence in God. Um, if you're not saved, you should be afraid. You should be afraid. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It says, fear not him who could kill the body, but fear him that can cast soul and body into hell, into hell. If you haven't trusted Christ, you need to turn to him. And by the way, for those that are on the internet, don't be afraid to contact our church if you need help. Uh, we're always willing to help people and to deal with people. And you know, for us that are saved, keep our eyes on Jesus. Don't let your circumstances frighten you. He holds us in the hollow of his hand. Um, I've got a poem. I've got this old book that I've been reading, a preacher from the late 1800s. Oh, word, fantastic book. I can't read the whole thing every day because I, he's beat me to death every time I read it. But it's good stuff. And it says this, I've tried in vain a thousand ways, my fears to quell, my hopes to raise. And all I need, the Bible says, is Jesus. My soul is night, my heart is steel. I cannot see, I cannot feel. For light, for life, I must appeal to Jesus. He dies, he lives, he reigns, he pleads. There's love in all his words and deeds. 
All, all a guilty sinner needs is Jesus. Though some will mock and some will blame, in spite of fear, in spite of shame, I'll go to him because his name is Jesus. Let's not forget we can go to Jesus with our doubts. Let's not forget we can go to Jesus with our fears. Let's not forget if you're not saved, you can go to Jesus with your soul and he'll save you. So let's stand to our feet. We'll have a word of prayer and invitation. If you want to come forward and pray, uh, God's dealing with your heart. Uh, do that. Maybe you just need to say, God, I need to be confident again. And I need to give you my doubts and give you my fears. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the confidence that we can have, God, because you said it. And God, help us to not let ourselves get away from you, but help us, God, to have confidence and to remember what you've done in our lives. God, remember what a great God that you have. I just pray, God, that you'd be with us now, God, in this time. Uh, we we'll thank you for what you've done for us in Jesus' name. Amen.